0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: Hello, this is Zack Saber Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018. And you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style
0: with my mates. Enjoy.
1: Yeah, Shibata! 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 What are you doing? What are you doing? Shibata! 밖에 없었다!
0: On today's show, we'll be reviewing Royal Quests, answering your questions, and covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. This episode of Keeping It Strong Style is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV is an independent wrestling streaming service with over 5,000 hours of wrestling from companies across the world. Use the promo code Social Suplex to get your first month free. Also, make sure you check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping a Strong Style t-shirt as well as other t-shirts here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. And like you heard in the intro, I am joined this week by by Rich Latta. Uh, the young boy is taking Labor Day off. So I called in my main man, Rich OG.
1: There's an OG edition of uh Keeping the Straws Out. Oh man, glad to be here. Watched uh, Royal Quest over the weekend in addition to NXT Takeover UK and AEW All Out. So. Uh, I talked about AEW yesterday Today will be New Japan And I'm glad to be here back on the show as always
0: Yeah man, we had a a pretty crazy day on Saturday Watching Royal Quest, NXT TakeOver Cardiff And All Out uh, You know, 11 hour day Just jam packed of some great wrestling And like you mentioned, you guys talked about All Out On One Nation Radio this week And now we're going to talk about Royal Quest um, and first things first, we have a question here from Reddit user. Why did you do that, bro? Is with the last two fight shows having a number of issues, do you think New Japan would be better off trying to broadcast these international shows themselves? So, Fight TV had a. Boy, boy. <laughs> a ton of issues. This is the worst Fight TV experience I, I've ever had. Normally, the app. Hey, the streaming service is fine. You know, there might be some buffering here and there, but it's usually good. This thing was dropping in and out. The signal was dropping out. It flashed his fight screen. This dude boxing. The audio. The first you know match had no commentary. Uh, the stream would freeze. This thing. This thing was a hot mess. This was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, man. It was it was really bad. As you mentioned there was the uh, graphic that kept popping up with the boxer. So every time it would pop up I would, you know, imitate the boxer and then all of a sudden I noticed my arms getting tired. I had to um you know, it popped up so much. And um some of the audio quality on there, we watched a House of Glory show, I wanna say maybe like two or three weeks ago, it was the Young Bucks um Pride Party match. The the audio quality was comparable to that of House of Glory. And that's a horrible look for New Japan Pro Wrestling, I think. And um, I don't know the logistics of them having to broadcast these things themselves. You know, when they're in America, they have access as a partner most times. But I guess for these other shows like Australia and now the UK, something with TV, Asai, I think that's going on. I wish they would just set up New Japan World. I don't know what the the holdup is. Jeremy, maybe you do. I'm not sure, but I would definitely be in favor of New Japan just shooting it themselves.
0: Yeah, personally, I agree with you. I'd be with New Japan, uh, you know, filming these themselves and handling the streaming themselves. I mean, I've been a New Japan World subscriber for like two, two <clears or> three <throat> years now, and I've never had an issue with New Japan World uh, streaming. And I know, the, I know the whole thing was Fight TV paid for the production of this show and got the rights for this show. So I know on one hand, it's like, hey, this company... Is offering to pay for the production And handle all that We don't have to worry about stuff. That's some money that we can save And then they'll give us the mm-hmm. file And we'll put it up on New Japan World And everything will be good But when you're getting issues like this On a big show It's not even like this was like You know A house show level thing Where you had like a bunch of You know Undercard tag. This was a big show. You had, um, you know, IWGP title match, never title match, a tag title match. Uh, this was a pretty big show, and I, it kind of fell in line with all the stories that are happening in New Japan World. So to be advertising fight and trying to get your, you know, loyal New Japan fans who already have New Japan World to try and buy this thing on Fight TV is just a bad look.
1: And the next next time they want. I think people are definitely going to be remembering this experience. And I think people are like, you know what? I'll just wait. Uh, I'll skip it. I'll wait till it's up uh, on the proper format I like. And, you know, I think they're they're taking a risk with that because, you know, the more time passes, wrestling moves so fast. It's like, you know, the Super Jacob, like that's not going up until now. It's September 2nd today, right? We don't know when that's going up. That's going to be out of the news cycle, essentially. Out of the, the current moment. And I think they they risk run a, a lot of risk doing
0: yeah, definitely, and yeah, it's just, like you mentioned, people are just going to wait, you know, the only reason I, the main reason I were, I mean, we're a New Japan podcast, I want to make sure we got this in and reviewed it, and we're going to be watching wrestling all day, so why not, but, you know, going forward, if this is if this is going to be the type of, you know, quality we're going to get, I'm just going to wait until it's up in New Japan world, and we'll we'll do something else that week for this show, because this, this was absolutely
1: ridiculous. Yeah, yeah did, did you get the refund? Yes, I did. Yeah. secure the bag. Right? <laughs> it, 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 it was very funny.
0: As soon as like the, the 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 option for you know requesting the refund was thrown out there, the, the stream all of a sudden got better.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, I
0: imagine that's, 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 that's not a coincidence. <laughs> uh, so we have another question here from Reddit user Brian James Interactive. This: is, what can New Japan do to better communicate the broadcasting situations of shows which aren't shown live on New Japan World? I can't even count the amount of times I saw people asking when and how the Super J Cup and Royal Quest shows were being shown Despite it being agitating, it obviously points to a little poor communication somewhere in the chain. Well,
1: I, I mean, yeah, on. like, I, I would probably say, like, use, use your outlets, like, as far as, like, your news, your wrestling media outlets. Like, they have Fumi who they can go through to get stuff up on, it. like, F, places like FOW. I mean, they can like Jeremy, like you know, if, if they want to reach out to you, I'm sure you could show them how to set up some Facebook ads. Like <laughs> they they can do something. Like they're like they're way too big to come. Need to be, like, they don't know how to get the word out. Like that's that's inexcusable.
0: Yeah, man, they. Because yeah, we, we even mentioned it sometimes on this show, and people were still asking. You know, the wider fan base. I know not not every New Japan fan listens to this show yet. So yeah, the wider fan base was you know asking when these shows were being up and how long they'd be up. And you know, at least with Royal Quest, we know it was the fight TV deal where it it would be up in three days, and it, it is up now on New Japan World um, as cleaned up as possible. You know they've. Obviously, cut out the you know the fight TV guy in in between matches. But some, of the, but the audio is still <laughs> still not great. Um, so yeah, they gotta. I don't know what I mean. I don't know constant social media blasts like you said like advertising, or it just needs to be a thing where they you know they need to have a date ahead of time, like Super J Cup. just say sometime in September. Okay, what September first, fifteenth, like thirtieth, like when in September? And like you mentioned, there's so much wrestling going on. That It's going to get left behind People, they're going to be trying to watch NXT on USA now Two hours, AEW is going to be starting in October This huge wrestling weekend we had with uh, the UK TakeOver And these other pay-per-views Super J-Cup, you know, not everybody watches everything like us As a maniac in one day People are going to break it up and watch it in different days And the longer they wait to put Super J-Cup out It's going to get lost behind And that's going to be a not you know a tournament of great matches that not a lot of people are probably going to see until you know December when people are like off on Christmas vacation and just kind of chilling on a lazy Saturday to try and catch up.
1: Yeah, and and you know they're doing commentary on these shows for like you know and, and like on Real Quest like Phantasma and, in, and we're in the ring and all that. And they're like, yeah, the the winner of the Super J Cup, El Fantasmo. And it's like, oh, great. Like, <laughs> it's like, we're, it, it feels like, you know, uh, you ever heard of stories about how in WCW they would tape stuff uh, ahead of time, like eight weeks in advance, and then doing like, they would send guys out with a belt that hadn't actually won them yet and different stuff like that. I, I kind of got that vibe from it.
0: Yes, exactly what it was. You know, people, I know so many people who have been trying to avoid. Super j-cup spoilers and if you're if you try to watch this show live next thing You know you're you're getting super j-cup spoilers thrown at you left and Right so it's just one of those things like I, I can understand maybe doing a house Show a special house show that's not really canon and it goes up a new japan World later like the new beginning and usa shows that happened um, earlier this year With the whole visa thing those are like house show quality shows And you know they weren't really in canon For the most part you want to put those up On new japan world on delay Fine but when you have a Big tournament like the super j cup That has a lot of history And and it's going to have a lot of implications on Storyline going forward you have this big Royal quest show with several title Matches and several angles that are that are Leading into destruction tour It's like you, you got to have a better game plan On getting those up sooner and Letting your fan base know when they're Exactly they're going to be up
1: I mean, if New Japan wants to hand out the bags to um, keeping it strong style, like you know, I'm sure you know some can some can be arranged where you know we can help get the word out here and something like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you know, everybody can just feel free to reach out to us, and you we know, we'll try and guide you as best as we can and what we know. Obviously, like I said earlier, we knew the deal with the fight TV, but Super J Cup, you know, the whole thing there is it has uh, Kevin Kelly has to voice that over it for in order for it to get up on New Japan World. And I I think it should have been one of those things Where like, okay, yes, Kevin definitely deserves a break He was in Japan uh, for over a month Doing the G1 Climax He was going to be doing the Royal Quest show Um, You know, that's when they should have pulled out Some of these B-team announcers that they have You know, fly out Chris Charlton uh, Mabs Gillis um, Some of these other guys that they've tried out You know, Rocky Romero I mean, Rocky was there in the tournament Um, You know, these are guys that English guys that have done commentary that do a great job. It's like,
1: hell, Lanny Popo, bring <laughs> him back.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Somebody. Yeah. Some, you know, call you know me, me and young boy. We'll, we'll fly up there and do, do commentary, but yeah, they should have, right. they should have used a B team and just, and, Put it on New Japan World Live. I understand that, you know, Kevin Kelly is their lead voice, but, hey, he's only one guy, and he, you know, he had a hell of a time in July and August covering all these G1 shows and having, you know, only a few weeks off and then having to fly to the, the U.K. So, yeah, they have a great, they have all these other commentaries loaded up. They should have used that one, put a team together, and got those shows uh, airing live.
1: Yeah, man, um, they they have a long way to go logistically still be like a worldwide powerhouse like as a company like the wrestling's there the stories are there but we're talking about the actual presentation of how people can enjoy what you see like and there's those are just things that will turn people off that want to be snobs about it we're willing to fight through that stuff because we're like hardcore but not everyone is
0: so yeah uh, I have another question here from Reddit user Slam Pigs. He says, do you think management in New Japan is aware of how much their international expansion is limited by technical issues, poorly translated and designed website, hard to navigate NJPW World app, limited platforms for the proprietary app, streaming issues on fight, and lack of communications with international fans? Do they know and don't think fixing these issues are a priority, or do they just not understand how it impacts potential fans from joining in? Hmm. A lot of question there uh, You know we've heard all kind of stuff about <clears throat> Kind of how International shows and International expansion has been handled Behind the scenes you know last We kind of talked about the uh, the Michael Craven story so I, I'm Not quite sure If New Japan has a Grasp on how The western audience and how these other Audiences that they're trying to reach in Australia, New Zealand, the UK um, the hard some of the hard times they have with their the technology side of New Japan.
1: I'll say this: I'll, I'll give them credit for the stuff that they have done thus far, and th- that includes like setting up English commentary, uh, a, a website that is good enough uh, for the hardcore see- to dedicate and learn, and you know, uh, and, and I think you know, you the, it has to be you know taken into account like. You know, there, there are things going on, as you mentioned, like with how the expansion is handled and who's doing what, where they just might not realize it. But it's a hell of a lot better than it was in 2015. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's it just like maybe it's, a, it's a, a situation where these are just still the growing pans that it establishes that or that it takes to establish them as, you know, a powerful multimedia company uh, in the West and beyond.
0: Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head with with the growing pains. I think, you know, they are growing so fast and so rapidly – and they do have a die-hard fan base in these different countries that they're trying to reach out into, and people love the product and want to consume it. And maybe it's one <clears> of those <throat> things like they they, just, they can't keep up right now with the speed on which they're growing and getting everything set up. But like you mentioned, they have you know New Japan World has been is so much better I think laid out than it was when it first came out, and we we have English commentary, we have an English website that's updated often, of English Twitter. Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of effort to kind of reach out to the Western expansion and the, the Western audiences and the audiences across the world. I mean, we're getting more shows now here in the U S we've had shows in Australia. Uh, we just had a show in the UK. So I do think, you know, they want to reach that audience. Uh, but I think it's going to take some more time for them to kind of get where they need to be, uh, across the board with technology.
1: Yeah, they got to they got to um, drop some yen and get get the right folks in the right like positions to and, and trust them to uh, lead it. And, you know, and I, I think we'll see like better growth.
0: Yeah. Uh, another question from Reddit user Brian James Interactive says, do you think Royal Quest will become a yearly event? The show was essentially sold out with just over six thousand and such an amazing show that I think they can pull it pull it again once a year. Yeah I mean I, I would like to see Royal Quest be kind of a yearly show Obviously the UK uh, market Loves New Japan Guys like Suzuki and Ishii and Tanahashi And Zack Sabre are all wildly over, over there And the, the UK audience you can tell by the crowd The crowd chance they follow the product They know even for like the Young Lions They knew everything So I think having uh, more shows in the UK would be great just, I would like to see just the broadcast of it Be done better
1: Nah, the UK don't get nothing. Sorry. <laughs> Blame Boris Johnson. No, nah, I'm just playing. Um <laughs> Um, nah, I, I think it'd be it would be tight. And you know, the more that New Japan can become a global company, the better like look it is for them to be able to have people because they have uh stars that they can headline with in those countries. Like we know Okada and Tanahashi are gods over there. We know Suzuki's like is a double god over there. And then in addition to, you know, them having Osprey and Sabre, so you can rotate those matchups over the next couple years however you want, and, you know, in addition to anybody else that they may pick up, like uh, El Phantasmo, for example. So um, they've got guys, it it reminds me of Fire Pro. It, It literally does, like when you're in the Fire Promoter world. And how it works is, you know, you have your... Uh, company that you run, like me, I have the Florida wrestling Alliance and we grew and we're huge in America right now. And right now we're trying to break into Japan. So what did I do? I have a bunch of stars from Japan that I have that are really popular in Japan. So I can start running shows and headlining with them. And it's the same like concept here. You've got guys that are, you know, you Japanese guys that are really popular. You mix them with those, uh, with those homegrown Euro stars. And it's, it's literally idiot, idiot proof. Like, <laughs> like video games are replicating this. So, um, yeah I, I would love to see them like continue that to give them another spot in the world and you know the partnership with Revpro um, you know it, as long as Revpro doesn't lose their mind and do things that you know they were doing in the main event with Star and Osprey um, <laughs> you know they, they, they don't kill their credibility off and uh, and get swallowed up by New Japan in, in, in a different aspect. Like, as far as, like, you know, how Ring of Honor was swallowed. I think Red Pro can, um you know, benefit benefit from this as well.
0: Definitely. All right, so let's uh, start talking about the show now. So the show opened up with a six-man tag. We had Rocky Romero, show and Yo Rapunkey3K defeating the team of Riske Taguchi, Ren Narita, and Shota Umino. Um, nice opening, eight-minute match. Your you know, your basic good uh, young line opener. Uh, it was just awesome how over uh, Shoto Amino has now got a lot of uh, shooter chance uh, throughout the match. <laughs> so uh, clearly, his time with uh, John Moxley has helped you know get him over with the fan base, and um, obviously UK fans are watching because those those shooter strong shooter chants are strong.
1: Know, they're gonna have to make a, a shooter T shirt and then just just put a gun on it. Yeah <laughs> <Like.
0: laughs> But yeah, this was good. Uh, show ends up getting the win here with the uh, Project Champa backbreaker. So then we followed up with tag action. We had Juice Robinson teaming up with Kota Bushi, the G1 winner, take on the Bullet Club team of Yujiro Takahashi and Hikaleo. Uh Juice and Kota end up getting the win after Kota hits a uh, bomoye and Kamagoye on Hikaleo I uh, thought this was a solid match. I mean, obviously, we, I think everybody expected uh, Juice and Coda to win, uh, but it was good seeing Hikaleo. Hickale- he's kind of been in uh, the Rev Pro in the UK the last couple months, kind of on a mini excursion, and I think he's really leaned out, and he's really starting to kind of get a hang of this thing and uh, looking better in the ring. Yeah,
1: man. Uh, Hikaleo, like, he it looks like he's lost like 15 or 20 pounds. In addition, he has a great look he's uh i hope he essentially like whenever Foley retires hickley the one to retire him or just hand just literally step into his spot because he looks like he's worth uh, a lot more even already um it was nice to see the golden juice uh <laughs> aka pp um team pp and um you know the, the birth of that team and you know their clownery at the end of the match but uh yeah hickley oh, like is a great look he has great size and I I'm very excited to, to see where he what he ends up becoming.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think if he sticks with it and keeps progressing at the rate that he has, um, I, I think that he could um, you know, be something. And I think he's definitely a guy, you know, you have bad luck folly who seems like they're kind of phasing out. He's a guy that can kind of step into that bad luck follow role in the bullet club and kind of become that menacing monster that gets like the big wins over top guys like okada and naito and it's kind of a menacing threat um and your, your new japan cups and your g1 climaxes and he's a big monster that people have to defeat
1: yeah the um i think they just need to send him to the lance archer uh big man camp for a couple weeks and then um you know run it back that way
0: yeah just you know start flipping uh doing dives <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Can't lose. <laughs> uh, but speaking of flips and dives, the, the following matchup was the newly formed team of the Birds of Prey, Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles, taking on the current IWGP junior tag champs, the Bone Soldier, Taiji Ishimori, and El Phantasmo. This was a non title uh, junior tag match. Uh, what do you think about this one, Rich?
1: I thought this was an electric eleven minute match. I really enjoyed this and I, what I really liked about it was there was no obvious pin eater here. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I didn't know if it was, you know, gonna be Phantasma beating Eagles or, you know, you know, Ish Murray taking the pin. Phantasma was taking the pin. I I didn't think Osprey would take the pin, but um it it was cool to see Osprey and Eagles with the matching outfits. Um i'm with this these these two should wrestle like these two teams should wrestle again a lot hopefully they do and the uh you think uh will gonna be in the super junior tag league he
0: he might as well i mean he's been in almost every tournament there is this year uh might as well do that do that too
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah why not um yeah and I, i thought it was excellent so always liked seeing Taji Mori work and um, you know, him and Robbie Eagles were fighting each other and they just looked like two angry 10th graders just, just fighting it out, (laughs) fighting their little hearts out. And (laughs) uh, we got to see Josh's favorite guy, El Phantasmo out there, uh, which was, you know, funny. And, uh, it, it looks like they're set up for You know uh tag title match in the future Probably add destruction right
0: Yeah and we'll talk about some of the A lot of destruction matches were announced uh, Earlier this morning we'll talk about those But yeah they're going to have a future uh, Junior tag title match coming up And a junior title match coming up too but Like you said yeah this is one of those matches where You, you didn't quite know who was going to be the Pin eater and it could have gone Either way because I mean you could have had uh, Fantasmo kind of build momentum up Going into a junior title shot or you could Set up Osprey and Eagles as uh, Challengers for the junior tag team titles And that's the route they went that's the route I thought they were going to go but yeah it was a Great uh, junior tag match Osprey and Eagles gelled really Well together uh, got the win With a double Spanish fly off the Top rope onto Ishimori And then post match they uh, Made the challenge for the IWGP junior tag Team championship so that's going to be uh, great to see that match once again for the title match. Uh, we had a question from one of our listeners who's actually there live at the Copper Box. Uh, Matthew uh, Tawate says, uh, is Osprey even better in tag action than epic singles?
1: I would disagree because he's just been that damn awesome as a single. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen enough uh, Will Osprey matches. The only ones I can really that really jump out to me prior to this was when him and Ishii and then him and Sanahashi fought the Golden Lovers. Of course both of those were excellent and this was excellent too but I mean I think to say that would be a slight to his singles work.
0: Yeah I mean Osprey's just great General whether he's in a singles match A tag match a four way a three way A six way dance whatever You put him in he's going to make sure He's a star and he's going to just be Great in any situation you put him in um, So yeah he's just, right. he's just a Phenomenal wrestler and so I'm yep. ex- I'm excited that he's um, He's a good guy he's exciting to watch he, he excels no matter where you put him
1: Hey and the tag Match it'll save him a little bit you know Because we, we just got to get this man to Wrestle Kingdom Now at this at this rate
0: yeah. Uh, also, had a question uh, from at Karen Nerds Out on Twitter. She says, "With Birds of Prey challenging for the tag titles, could this mean singles runs for others in the junior division?"
1: Who are these others, Jeremy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think, I think the hard thing is uh, Will is still the junior heavyweight champion. If maybe if he had already lost the belt and he, he was focusing mainly on tags, uh, there, there might be room for somebody to get kind of pushed up towards the top. Uh, but as still as a champion, he's obviously still going to be featured as a singles in his division. Um, but you know, definitely you got guys like Sho and Yo who are again our tag team, but they've been kind of working on pushing those guys. And um, I feel like two other guys have been pushing are the Taiji Ishimori and ELP. So it's kind of these guys are kind of mixed in a tag and singles at the same time.
1: Yeah, they might they might have to import somebody, but I don't know if you import Dragon Lee again because he was just the champion. Um, and I don't know how much he's going to be around. Maybe you, you know, you do your despy and um maybe you go with uh, either show or yo, I, I would think at this point, because there's no more Shingo. So uh do we hold out for Hiromu here?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I I, I still think Osprey is going all the way to Wrestle Kingdom with the championship. And if Hiromu is healthy, I think that would be an excellent match to have at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, we also, like you mentioned, uh, El Desperado, he's been out on a shelf with a broken jaw. We haven't seen him uh, for a few months. So he would be um, a great guy too, to kind of get back in the fold when he's healthy. Um, yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting to see who's going to kind of step up now in the junior division. Now, you mentioned, you know, Shingo is gone heavyweight. And, you know, I, c- I can see Osprey kind of going more heavyweight next year, too. So it's going to be in- kind of interesting to see who's going to kind of step up and be the new faces of the j- junior division. Especially once Osprey is no longer in it.
1: Yeah, man. Um, the, the, the Junior Division seems like it's a revolving door because there's always a star to be elevated or come out of it or leaving it. So we will see what happens. Um, I, I would anticipate someone fresh, though. Yeah.
0: So following that match, we had another tag match with the current Intercontinental Champion, Tetsuya Naito teaming up with Sonata, take on the Bullet Club team of Jay White and Chase Owens. I uh, thought this was a fine match, you know, nothing um, too over-the-top here, little uh, three-star affair kind of building up to the Jay White and Naito uh, IC title match that's coming up.
1: Yeah, you know, gentlemen, three. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I... You know, Naito was really over here um, Sonata got a good reaction as well Jay White is No matter where you go in the world People hate him So, um, yeah, just, just, you know Nothing to really, you know, break down here
0: Yeah uh, There was a post-match uh, angle uh, Jay White attacked Naito post-match uh, Hit Sonata with a chair But then eventually Naito came back And hit the Destino on Jay White And covered him Had the crowd count to three and then he threw Jay White out of the ring, stood tall. So, you know, definitely we're we're getting closer to that Intercontinental title match towards the uh end of this month. So, it's it's going to be a, a I real... was
1: shocked to see like um Good. I I was shocked to see some of the LIJ guys like helping each other in a beat down because we know LIJ dudes don't have each other's back. Uh and we know, you know, from Jericho, um <laughs> how he was wearing them out and you know,
0: yeah, man. So yeah, because obviously, uh, evil um, Babushi weren't there. Shingo wasn't there. So that that was it. There there wasn't even an option for help. So uh, luckily, uh, Naito was able to kind of get things back in order.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Uh, so next up, we had our first title match of the evening The for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. The champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tangaloa defend the titles against Aussie Open Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. Aussie Open, an uh, Australian tag team that wrestles a lot in the UK and Pro and on the indie scenes. They won the Road to Royal Quest Tag Team Tournament that Rev Pro was doing to get the shot to face G.O.D. here. We've seen Aussie open a couple times now um, during WrestleMania weekends, and these guys are a great tag team, um, a lot of energy, high-flying intensity, and I thought they were a great team to come up there and face off against G.O.D., and this ended up being a great match. Uh, I mean, there was dueling chance for... You know, at least like five minutes during the, or two or three minutes in the opening of this match, dueling chance for God and Aussie Open, just showing you how over Aussie Open is in the UK and Gorillas of Destiny. These guys have been having a great year um in and out of New Japan, being over wherever they go. You know, they've been feuding with the Briscoe brothers in Ring of Honor, um, and having some great matches with them and being super over there. And now they're here in the UK getting another great reaction. when um, we saw them in Dallas during the G one, even that in that opening match against your Punky Three K, they got a huge reaction. So uh GOD is uh getting over, stepping their game up and they looked really great in this tag match here.
1: Yeah, something's happening with G O D right now where every time you see them you're just like these dudes are fucking awesome. They're cool. They you don't want to boom them unless they're involved in like some flagrantly foul stuff, like when you know they run a bunch of butter or something. Um, but yeah, hell of a year for God. Uh, what's up, to Tamatonga? And, <laughs> and I think that they are. I would think they're a candidate for, you know, tag team of the year, like, you know, before, you know, everyone else gets like, you know, accounted for, which looking around the world, I mean, who besides G.O.D. are you talking about? Like the Bucks have not, you know, they've not wrestled a full year like these guys have. And just every every time I see them wrestle, I think they, um, you know, from the entrance music to everything just the complete package as a tag team for me and all the open was, was 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 good too and you know they're over to the uk audience a perfect place to use them um and it ain't like there's a million teams running around in the heavyweight division in new japan why not bring them to the world tag league
0: yeah i think aussie open would definitely be a great um fit for the world tag league you know i was actually saying last week like why not you know flip the belts here and put them on them, bring him in, and start, start a fresh rivalry. Because, you know, G.O.D. is having a, r- a great year all around. There really hasn't been that tag rivalry for them here in New Japan. They've, you know, kind of been back and forth with Evil and Sonata. And that's pretty much it. I mean, we've, we've lost Killer Elite Squad with Dayboy Smith Jr. leaving New Japan. We don't have War Machine anymore. Uh, you know, we're kind of gasp- grasping for straws here for heavyweight tag teams. Go up against god and it's just one of those Things where you can think let's just Combine these heavyweight and junior Tag division just have one overall tag division Because then you could have god continue To run it with uh, Rapungi 3k God against birds of prey uh, You know you can do some Interesting matchups with some of the juniors And heavyweights instead of you know just Trying to find just one team And killing that match of death over and Over again uh, with these teams I mean like if it's gonna be G.O.D. and the Evil and Sonata Again or Russell Kingdom is gonna be like oh my gosh
1: Yeah I was gonna say it feels like we're just like We're, we're killing time until we the Evil and Sonata get put back together and like Yeah go, go do it again but we'll See hopefully not
0: Yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how uh, World Tag League is done this year and Who they're go- gonna bring in because you know we've had Some departures and things have Shaken up so it'll be interesting to See um What's gonna be who they're gonna bring in this year for World Tag League? So yeah, ne- man. next up, we had the Never Open Weight Championship match with Kenta taking on your boy, the, the current champ at the time, Tomohiro Ishii.
1: I can't believe this. <laughs> this man Kenta, this whole ho Kenta, this man beat Tomohiro Ishii for the Never. You, excuse me The you never want to mess with Tomohiro EGE championship belt Obviously this match has a lot of controversy Around it but This was a war um, And you know Tomohiro Ishii is now freed up To go ahead and challenge for the IWGP <laughs> title now So I, I guess I got what I wanted
0: <laughs> Yeah no no longer hold on to that never title That opens him up for uh, bigger things Yeah <laughs> Uh yeah, but th- this was a hey, mini
1: tournament. Yeah, January fourth and fifth. Yeah, he, be there. He
0: could be the fourth guy in the tournament. You know, beat uh, Naito, then beat Okada. <laughs> Tomori Ishii, your your double right. champion on on January fifth. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this yeah. was a, a hard hitting affair here, and you know expecting that especially with Ishi and Kenta, and these guys are just rocking each other with slaps and chops and elbows and strikes and uh, one point during the match, uh, we had um, we had Kenta, uh, I think he landed on his head after a German suplex and seems like he had a concussion.
1: Yeah, and we were all watching together. and We were like, "Whoa!" His face looked like it just like dropped. Like when we saw him, it was just like, "Whoa!" He's um he's rocked, and and I kept saying that over and over. He, this guy's rocked. Like because this is what Ishii does, right? Kenta, I don't think he's had anybody hitting him like that uh, in the last five years. Um, you know, to, to to the way Ishii does, and you know, there's a there's a lot to To really like break into about this match I loved it And you know I wasn't thrilled With the winner because you know I For me I don't you know I don't rot with the Kenta Stuff like that but um, They obviously got something they want to do With them but uh, I think we should Get into these questions because this Is actually like bigger than the match (laughs) Yeah.
0: So so first we had a question From Reddit user a blue three Said do you guys think that Kenta will be IWGP heavyweight champion In the future uh, that's going to be a hard no for me. Um, Kenta, Hell no, <laughs> uh, Kenta, he, he's been, he's been doing good since he's returned to Japan, but obviously it's not, you know, Noah Kenta that, um, everybody loved, you know, in the early two thousands. Um, this is kind of a Kenta that's not in the peak of his career anymore. He's he's going to be on the decline and with the current crop of talent that new Japan has, I don't think Kenta, um, is Has what it takes right now To kind of carry that mantle of being the IWG, be IWGP champion And having a run I, I, Maybe he can have a title match But I don't see him going forward as a champion
1: Definitely a title match And if Tomohiro Ishii Can't sniff the IWGP title I don't know how, On what planet Kenta would sniff the IWGP title So
0: Yeah man the next question from our buddy Dan Coffin, he says, Kentel was clearly hurt in his match with Ishii. Why didn't they stop the match early?
1: Because they're bad with stuff like that. Um, you know, I am a person that, you know, I watch the wrestling and I'm like, I'm not really concerned for what these dudes do to each other because it's all in the game. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a physical sport is how I look at it, right? And I do think the referees need to be trained to look for that stuff more, but maybe there's a mentality in New Japan. It's just like, hey, you got to finish the match, and then we'll we'll see what's up with you.
0: Right, and I just, I still know it's one of those things. If they kind of, I don't know how they train the referees. Like, I'm not sure if their referees are kind of looking out for that thing, especially in these strong style matches where guys are taking kind of heavy hits and are selling. I mean, we've seen strong style matches where it looks like guys. Get knocked out and you know Ishii is a great Guy for selling and he kind of bumbles Around you, you could be confused and think Ishii Has a, a concussion and stop the match Early and then that would kind of you know Totally ruin a, a good Ishii match especially If he's not really concussed so I think it's Just one of those hard things to look out for in These strong style matches and I'm not sure Kind of if their referees Are trained up on on the signs to kind of look out for but i mean clearly watching at home to us You can clearly see that kenta was concussed i mean there were times Where he would just go for moves and wasn't fully in it took a long time to get up Uh, We saw after the match after he won he had a hard time uh, Even climbing up the ropes and then we we've heard the reports on Wrestling Observer Radio from Dave Meltzer that he was taken to a hospital after this match to be checked on. Uh, we don't have a full report on exactly uh, the diagnosis of what the checkup came out. We don't know if he did have a concussion or not. I'm pretty sure it was just based on his movements, how he got rocked, uh, how he was just walking after the match. And yeah, he looked out of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and on a more joking note, it, it sounds like um, a who really won scenario. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: but yeah hopefully uh, Kent is fine uh, in the long run and this isn't something that is going to alter his career but this guy has had an injury history that has not been kind over him he wrestled a really hard style for a really long time uh, he reprogrammed his body to work in WWE and then you know he's jumping back here this type of stuff can happen so uh, it, it's amazing that nothing happened to Moxley like that uh, you know, when he came in, what he ended up with was a little like, you know, out of his hands. But, um, yeah, this, this is, is part of the game. Dudes are going to get concussed. Yeah. You know, I, it'll always happen.
0: Yeah. And I think in New Japan, I'm, I think the referees are probably more, they lean more on what, on the wrestlers, what they can say they can do. Because, I mean, I did, I did see uh, Marty Asami, like, talking to Kenta at points, but it seemed like Kenta was saying to him that he's fine. So I, I think the referees are going to kind of. Leave it in the wrestler's hands, and if if Kento says he's fine, he's gonna keep keep the match going. And maybe if Kento wasn't responding to him, maybe he would have stopped it. Not a hundred percent sure. Again, I'm not sure what their protocol is or how they train these guys. Uh, but it's just one of those things. If the, if the wrestler is gonna argue with you and say he can go and is gonna continue the match, then it's I guess maybe it's kind of out of the referee's hand at that point. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I think that um they've. <sighs> I don't like the, what WWE does normally is really good. Like if someone's concussed, they'll stop the match, you know, in most cases, um, it's, it's, just comes down to communication. I think they have to be, you know, and a lot of this comes down to athlete's pride. They don't want to say they're hurt and, you know, it's a tough business and stuff like that. But at some point your brain's your brain. And if you're whoopy and you don't get it right back, you need to, probably signal for help uh, because we don't want anyone to die in the ring. Um, But as I mentioned, this will always happen. So knowing that is going to happen, New Japan just has to take an extra step like, hey, you know, this is what we need to look for. This is, you know, the protocol. We will sacrifice a match. Like we're not married to Gato's booking that badly. So um, I, I think the, the the deal was Kenta was winning a title and there was nothing that was going to stop him from doing it.
0: Yeah, and, and clearly there's obviously big plans going forward, with kind of plays into our next question that comes from uh, Ricky from the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. He says, With Kenta winning the never openweight title and Shibata's profile now back on the NJPW website, do we get Kenta versus Shibata now? So now I've, we've heard uh, kind of our takes and Josh's takes on. Uh, all these Shibata rumors and the potential Shibata comeback. We haven't heard your thoughts on it, Rich. What are you thinking about all this uh, Shibata comeback rumors? And should they do this Kenta versus Shibata match?
1: Now, I've been thinking he was going to come back the whole time. Like, eventually, you know, he would get healed. And I, I've i heard Josh, you know, in the, in the past weeks talk about the uh, subdural hematoma surgery and that does sound like a handful, like to come back from. But that dude's not in that kind of shape for nothing. I think, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and we know he's taking bumps. We know he's obviously doing physical angles now. If they can, you know, say, hey, y'all can only hit each other's chests, and you know, Shibata, maybe he's not the Shibata of old, but he damn sure looked pretty good. He looked physical uh, doing that last angle. I would like to see it. I would like to, you know, just for the, um, you know, the inspirational story that it will be, uh, the something, you know, and, and a lot of it's like, you know, I remember when Daniel Brown was out, I was just like, man, I just want this dude to achieve this goal he has. And Shibata obviously has a goal to wrestle again. I'd like to see him achieve that and, and hopefully not harm himself irreparably in, in the process. If that happens, that's, I mean Shibata's made that decision. We have to like well, I'm not a doctor. I'm not <laughs> I'm not somebody that's that's gonna be like, nah, like a safety Nazi. I'm I'm not. So if Shibata wants to pursue that, that will, you know, make him happy and fulfill him and, and give him a goal and something to live for and strive to. Dude's been a wrestler his whole life, um I'm not gonna sit on the podcast and try to, you know, opine to take it away from him. Uh, I know that, you know, injuries like the injury he had in particular was like, he went out like almost like a John Henry in a sense. Like he ran into this wall and like collapsed uh, on the field at, at the end of his greatest moment, essentially. And that's a, that, that match is a, is a big memory for a lot of people, but you got to think what's this guy like still doing it for? Why, why is he in the dojo that much? Why is he, you know, in that phenomenal shape? Why are they letting him do these angles like this? I feel like it's happening, and if Shabbat is down with it, I'm down with it.
0: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, you know, once Shabbat, you know, became the coach of the L.A. Dojo – and they did that first um, set of documentaries on the LA Dojo. Shibata said that he was trained to come back, and a lot, a lot of people kind of laughed that off, and you know think it was never happening. But obviously, in Shibata's mind, like he he was dead serious. He he wants to come back, and like you mentioned, he's in phenomenal shape. Um, obviously, not only training the LA Young Lions, but training himself in that LA Dojo and getting back into in ring shape and. It's going to be one of those things where it's going to be up to the doctor. Like you said, we're not doctors. I mean, we can watch the YouTube videos. We can read about the symptoms and read about what happened to him. But at the end of the day, if a doctor clears him and says that, Katsyoro Shibata, you are clear to wrestle again in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring, then hey, if the doctor said he's good. Then I, let's see it. I mean, this is uh, a, a money match here. They have two nights at the dome to sell out. Um they've did a great job with this with the angle of Kenta turning on him and joining the Bull Club and Shibata trying to, you know, stop it. So they they got a money match here, a money feud, and if the doctors allow it, then I say go for it.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally with it. And eh, 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 eh. Beat him beat like you own him, Kenta. Or excuse me, Shibata. Beat Kenta like you own him.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so um, Kenta did win this match here, winning the Never Openweight title. We had interference from Guerrero's of Destiny. Um, a lot of shenanigans, hitting a, a magic killer on Ishii. um, Kenta getting a near fall off of that. And then eventually... Um, Kenta was able to hit the go to sleep and get the win and become the new never open weight champion. So it's gonna be interesting to see where um, things go with Kenta and Shibata and Ishii.
1: Yeah, he couldn't beat my dog straight up.
0: You no, know, he had to
1: cheat.
0: <laughs> had to call his home boys. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, next up, we had our next title match of the evening. We had Hiroshi Chanahashi challenging Zack Sabre Jr. for the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, these guys have been having a great feud this year. Um, this uh, They are 3-3 three and three head-to-head going into this matchup. Um, you know, we've seen them at MSG. We saw that match live. They've been wrestling each other in the G1. These guys have been going back and forth and just having uh, great collection of matches this year And this was another one I don't think it was the best match that They've had against each other this year But I still thought it was uh, pretty good With Tanahashi um, You know the game plan Always trying to um, keep up with Sabre's Matt wrestling and trying to avoid the submissions And of course Sabre Trying to get as many submissions as possible And you know Tanahashi always seems to find a way to kind of get Zach to end up wrestling his style of match, allowing Tanahashi to hit some of his, his strikes and bigger moves and moves like the sling blade and the dragon suplex and setting off to able to get hit the high fly flow and become the new rep pro champion.
1: Yeah. He's a new prime minister of uh, the UK and uh, I can't think of a better uh, guy to put your, your belt on uh, than Hiroshi Tanahashi and you know, him and Sabre, they've had a, uh, rivalry this year I haven't been enthralled with all their matches uh you know I like to joke that they will just lay on the mat with each other and, and rub on each other and, <laughs> and, and hold each other but um this w- wasn't that this was really entertaining I thought and uh it was good to see you know I think Josh called it last week it's like Joe just put it on him to get the get Tana name in your title history it's unique and it gives Tanahashi more reason to wrestle in England more often. So if you're a Rev Pro, you, you do this 100 times out of 100.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the Rev Pro Championship is a championship that is treated very seriously. And they care a lot about the lineage, lineage of that championship. You know, they've had... Uh, Minoru Suzuki has been a multiple time champion. Tomohiro Ishii, you know, they bring in guys, they brought in guys like Keith Lee and Matt Riddle in the past to challenge for that championship. So they, they hold that championship in high regard. So having a guy like Hiroshi Tanahashi being added to the lineage of that championship is a great thing. Um, you know, if they want, they can bring him back into the UK, which actually that kind of led into our question from Reddit user Brian James Interactive asking will Tanahashi become British champ with Tanahashi becoming a uh, British champion? Will that mean him appearing more in the UK in the near future? Uh, I would say th- I would think so. Yeah, I guess it, so. Uh, we're talking about this in a little bit. So they are going to have a rematch with um, Tanahashi and Saber during the Destruction Tour for this title. So it could be one of these uh, things where uh. they where they flip the belt back real quick, back on Saber. Maybe they, they the Harley
1: Race, Ric Flair uh, reign, huh? Yeah.
0: You know, they wanted to get, add Tanahashi to the lineage, give Tanahashi a big win in the U.K. You know, we've kind of been seeing the downfall of Sabre this year with all of the losses he ate in the G1 and being distracted with Boris Johnson and Brexit. Uh, so, if you know, so I can easily see Sabre winning the title back and going back to being champion. Or, I mean, they could have Tanahashi beat Sabre again and you bring Tanahashi over ref pro like you've done with Suzuki and Ishii, and have him work some of your bigger shows.
1: Yeah, man. Have Tanahashi uh, wrestle every bum they can line up uh, in the UK, feed them all to the ace.
0: <laughs> Go Ace, we might need another rant if Tanahashi goes on uh, a lengthy uh, Rev Pro run.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I'll work on that.
0: <laughs> uh, next question from Reddit user Viking Pain says: Earlier in the year, it seemed like they were building up a possible Tanahashi Jericho match at Wrestle Kingdom 14, but with Jericho now the AEW champion and Tanahashi the Rev Pro champion, do did plans change?
1: I don't think plans changed. I don't think there were plans uh, at this point. You know, I think it was a situation, like, if you guys remember, um, when Jericho was here the first time in New Japan, and then he jumped Naito the night after he wrestled Kenny, and there weren't plans in place for him to come back. He just did something to leave the door open. I think that's what this was, and with those title situations, Viking pain that you mentioned, um, yeah, I don't think they're sending the AEW champion over there to – uh, you know, lose. <laughs> like if Jericho goes over, he's winning, and I don't think Tanahashi is losing to Jericho right now.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how guys like Jericho and Moxley, and even Omega, if they ever wanted to use him, or would be booked going forward in New Japan. And like you mentioned with the whole uh, Naito thing, you know, they, they kind of shot the angle in case something could happen in the future. And I think that's exactly what they did with Jericho and Tanahashi. They shot that angle. There was probably no deal in place for a future match, but they shot that angle just in case things work out and they could bring Jericho in for Wrestle Kingdom that they could, that they could call back to this angle and do Jericho and Tanahashi. And I'm sure that um, Gato would love to have Jericho on that card. Again, you know, we have two domes. They got to fill up two domes, so having a star like Chris Jericho on one of those nights, or even both of those nights, would be great for that show, and we would see an increase in New Japan World subscriptions, like we've been seeing with every Jericho appearance. But yeah, him being the AEW champion definitely is going to change things, especially with the politics with uh, New Japan and AEW right now. Things not uh, being great, and like you said, yeah, they're you know Tony Khan's not going to send over his new world champion over there to job. So it, right now things are looking kind of dicey whether or not Jericho will appear on that show. Right. Or if he does appear, he's he, he's going to be in a match that he can win.
1: Right. Like and if you're the if you're New Japan and, and you feel the way you do about AEW, you don't feed your legend to him. <laughs> like you don't. Like like that would just be dumb.
0: Right. Unless it's one of those things where, like, Tanahashi wants to do it. We know Tanahashi is, you know, he loves guys like Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. You know, in New Orleans, when we were there at um, WrestleCon and he found out that Shawn Michaels was there. He was like marking out and wanted to meet Shawn Michaels and I'm sure uh Chris Jericho is a guy that he respects and wants to get in the ring with. So that could be a match where Tanahashi is like I want it. I don't care if I win or lose. I just want to have the opportunity to wrestle a guy that I thought I'd probably never wrestle and Chris Jericho and and have a, you know, classic match of him.
1: Also, Tanahashi, the much younger man in this match. <laughs> How often does that get to be said uh at this point point with the Ace? Yeah, not often. And
0: you know so. he, he, he might not be the Rev Pro Champion going into that match And he probably won't win any other Titles before Wrestle Kingdom So if you do do Jericho and Tanahashi They could put him in a position where It makes sense for Tanahashi to lose um, So yeah, it'll be very interesting To see how that develops Seeing if they even contact Jericho If he'll be on the shows Or if he does end up being on the shows Who he's, he's going to end up facing
1: Yeah, running for the AEW title. I'd love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) And and have Tanahashi win.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, (laughs) that'd be great. Have the ace come into AEW.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they come over here and give it back to Kenny. You know? (laughs) (laughs) know, If Kenny can ever win a couple matches, you know?
0: Yeah, seriously. Uh, But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with these guys. And I don't think Jericho would, would be losing the AEW championship before. Wrestle Kingdom so I I definitely think he'll be Going into January as a champion So we'll see what happens there Yeah man So then the main event of this show we had The IWGP Heavyweight Championship As Kazuchi Okada the Champion defending against The King Minoru Suzuki And man This was a great main Event to this uh, show Um, Okada and Suzuki just have great chemistry with Each other and all their matches they've had have been great. Uh, this was another great match, and Suzuki was just, just a monster in this match. Very dominant and was brutalizing Okada. I mean, there was that one striking sequence where he would keep striking Okada. Okada would fall. He would pick him back up, keep striking him again. Okada would fall, pick him back up, stri- strike him again, and then finally hit a big hard uh, slap and knocked Okada down. And raised his hands in the air like he won the match. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: Suzuki's like, he's Japanese Jericho for me and this rate. <laughs> and <laughs> like, the way he just does like different things, and he just feels different. And it's a, it's a testament to, to him and his conditioning and his dedication to the craft that he's over, in his 50s, I, I believe, at this point, 51, maybe 52. He still comes off credible. He still has an aura about him. He's not an old man. Like, you don't even think of him as an old man. And everyone just has to respect them. Like, like, Okada can't roll out here and just mail it in, and not that Okada would do that anyway. And, you know, I enjoyed the match. There, there was some technical difficulties when I was watching this, so I feel like I missed a portion of it. But um, towards the end, crowd was into every single thing that was happening. Uh, I don't think any, anyone thought Suzuki would win, but uh, this was, you know, a fine addition to their catalog.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things like going into this match Everybody was pretty much sure that Okada was retaining, Suzuki wouldn't win But still the crowd Was into every near fall And Suzuki made it very believable At points all throughout this match That he could win win the match And there were times where he would gets so close to being able to drop uh, Okada on his head with that gotch pile driver. And it was a very great, you know, 34-minute match, back and forth, uh, Suzuki looking very strong. And I thought they did a great job building this matchup. I mean, Suzuki missed a whole G1 tournament in order to build this matchup. That was the whole story. You know, Suzuki being frustrated that he was left out of the G1 Want to murder somebody for not being in the tournament? All throughout the undercard of the tournament, he, he was just wrecking havoc and winning every undercard match with that Gotch pile driver. And then on the last night, pinning Okada and proving that, that he's still the king and he should be a guy that's in the G1 and a guy that's main eventing and going for the title. And so, you know, having him miss the G1 just added so much more to this match and add to the story. And I thought it was a great build, a great matchup and a great way to end this show. Like we mentioned earlier, the UK crowds really love Suzuki. And so they were really into both these guys here. And, um, man, the UK crowds, they really add, you know, a whole new energy to these matches. And they, they just really elevated this to, you know, to all time height.
1: Yeah, man, shout out to the UK crowd. Like, you know, y'all, um, y'all showed love for new Japan the right way. Um, you know, it, we saw the songs when we were watching the NXT TakeOver UK, which is cool. But for, you know, you know, as compared to America, like, you know, all the crowds around the world, like, come, come to respect uh, this promotion. Like, they, like, New Japan doesn't waste anyone's time. New Japan doesn't do anything. So, you know, whenever New Japan goes to these parts of the world, I think the fans kind of give it back. And, and that was nice to see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, the crowd was just rocking all night and totally into everything. So yeah, great crowd. That's why I earlier I said I would, I would definitely love to them to come back here and do you know more shows in the UK, especially if you're going to get that type of energy from the crowd. Uh, we had a question here from our Twitter follower, Jack Dean at Undali Dean on Twitter, it says, "Where would you place Royal Quest Okada versus Suzuki in the anthology of their matches?" Uh, you know, this was a great match. I mean, Okada and Suzuki always have great matches. I'm not sure if this is their best one they've ever had against each other. I would probably have to go back and watch. I mean, I really liked um the the anniversary match that they had in the rain last summer and also their match. I think they had a match in the G1 last year. I think I believe that was really good also. So, these guys just have really great chemistry, but I think I'd have to kind of go back and watch some of their previous stuff to see where this one falls in place.
1: Yeah same here Like I, I think their, uh, like their Best one is that new beginning match Where uh, Suzuki just beat The hell out of Okada's legs uh, The whole time uh, This wasn't that I don't think But um, this is one of the better ones I'll say that
0: Yeah I mean this, this had a great pace And Suzuki like I mentioned just looked like a monster And was killing Okada with those strikes And uh, submissions So yeah once again did a great job Building this matchup Thought it was a great title defense for um, Okada. And, of course, uh, post-match, we had um, Sonata coming out to challenge Okada for the title. Uh, Sonata pinned Okada in the G1. So coming out saying that, you know, he deserves to be a champion. Yeah, I actually went back and listened to the promo today. You know, but both of them are actually speeding quite a bit of English. And Sonata saying the next time you see me okada i'll be the iwgp champion uh so that leads into our next question from reddit user boyd 101 do you think sonata is an interesting opponent for okada feels like it will be a decent match but no change okada doesn't win no chance okada all their
1: matches win. have been yeah all, all their matches have been awesome it's just like they're doing it again like <laughs> but we knew that was happening from the g1 uh yeah uh, totally with you boyd uh yeah, I think it'll be a great match Just like all the rest of them I love Sonata I love Okada uh, Okada ain't losing no belt No Sonata You know With <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom lo- looming
0: Right And that, that's the one thing I, I'm kind of questioning mm-hmm. here It's like Alright yes I get it Sonata he got the big win in the G1 Like personally Like I think I would have saved The title match for next year Because again It's it's, mm-hmm. one of the, it's one of those situations Where it's like the Suzuki match Like Yes, they're going to tell a great story, they're going to build it up But going into it, you know there's going to be no way That um, Okada's going to lose right before Wrestle Kingdom Especially, once again, you got to fill two domes Okada has been the biggest star that the company has And with him as a champion They've been seeing their best attendance, uh, best revenue Like, this guy's a a money-drawing star And I have a hard time believing That you're going to go into a double Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdom with him not featured As a champion on both nights So with this loom, this Upcoming Sonata title Match I don't think Okada is losing I mean like you mentioned it's going to be a great Match all their matches have been great this Year and this will be another great match But at the same time it's like This is what the Third time? Fourth, or, yeah, fourth yeah the fourth time fourth. they're wrestling yeah. this Year honestly I, I think this match Needs to go to a draw to protect Okada and just protect intrigue in this match.
1: Yeah, I, I think a draw would be awesome because A, you set one up for whenever, right? Say like if you ever want to go to Sonata and have him win, say if he would it was, you know, Dominion or or excuse me not Dominion, like Scura Genesis or something like that. He could shock Okada for the title there, right? right? If it's like Okada like goes through or whoever goes through. like It could be even like Naito. It could be Ibushi even. And you'd be like, yo, this dude had a draw. like He still you know, has a little bit of claim on this. Uh, uh, yeah, totally with you on that. I didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that, that kind of needs to be the route they go in just order to be, uh, build intrigue in that match. Because like, Okada beats him again. It's like, what was the point of even giving him that win and trying to tell this, this rivalry <laughs> in the story? It's like you could have had anybody else in that A block beat Okada and get a title match. Like, you know, yeah. they could have done Will Ospreay. They could have done could have did Lance Archer. Right. You could have done Lance Archer, give Lance Archer a big title match. So uh, I think if they want, if this is going to be a program they're going to keep going to in the future, I think Sonata needs to get the draw here and kind of build a story up. Like Okada is losing his edge against Sonata. And like you mentioned, have Sonata pull up a big upset. Um, and maybe at one of these new beginnings or Secure Gents or something like that, if Okada is going to leave the Tokyo Dome as a champion. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to wrap things up uh, for our Royal Quest preview. Um, So this coming up week on New Japan, we have the Road to Destruction Tour that's going to be kicking off. And the Young Lions Cup is going to be kicking off. So on September 4th, we're going to have uh, Shooter Umino taking on Clark Connors. And uh, Suji is going to be taking on Alex Coughlin. On September 5th, we're going to have Ren Narita taking on Carl Fredericks and Uemura taking on Richards from the Falle Dojo. Then on September 6th, we're going to have Connors taking on Fredericks and Richards taking on Coughlin. And then on September 8th, we're going to have uh, Umino against Narita, Suji against Umura. And then we'll have the big um, Yuji Nagata uh, anniversary match with Nagata, Nakanishi, Kojima, Tenzon, and Liger taking on the Bull Club team of Jado. Yujiro, Tangaloa, Tamatonga, and Bad Luck, Falle. Uh, you going to be checking out any of the Young Lions Cup, Rich?
1: I believe I will. I'll be definitely looking for the finals. I definitely hope we are. It's all round robin, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to be tuned into the Fredericks Umino match. I definitely want to see Umino and Narita. Um, hell I want to see Suji because he's like, <laughs> he looks like he's been imported from like 1979 or something. So, uh, you know, I, I I'm down with it. I do want to watch like as much of this as I can, if, if I have the time.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, this Young Lions Cup's going to be great. Like we mentioned last week, all these Young Lions are great. And these are going to be some great singles matches. And it's going to give uh, New Japan fans a reason to really tune in to these Road 2 shows. Because, you know, the full cards for the Road 2 shows haven't been released yet. But it's going to probably be a lot of multi-man matches building up to some of the bigger matches on the bigger uh, Destruction shows. So these Young Lions Cup matches are going to bring some intrigue and um, awareness to these Road 2 shows So we're going to do some uh, news And then we'll get into some of the off-topic questions that you guys ask And then the recommended match of the week uh, So first up in the news, we've had some stars confirmed for the Fighting Spirit Unleashed tour That's coming up in September From the main unit, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi From Chaos, we have Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi. Okada will only be appearing in Lowell and New York, will not be in Philly. Uh, And LIJ, all five LIJ members will be there. Naito, Evil, Sonata, Shingo, and Bushi. And then from the Bullet Club, we will have Jay white Tamatonga, Tangaloa, and Kenta. So looking forward to seeing what matches will be announced and... Hopefully some of these shows will be broadcasted live or maybe not that long on tape delay up on New Japan World.
1: Access, we calling you. Please don't (laughs) leave it up to Fight TV.
0: (laughs) Yes, please. Our friends at Access, please. I hope they they get the rights to this thing. Uh, Yes. So, then, like I mentioned earlier this morning, we had some big matches announced for the Destruction Tour and for King of Pro Wrestling. So, for the Destruction Tour and Destruction in Beppu, we're going to have the rematch with Hiroshi Tanahashi defending the Rev Pro British title against Zack Sabre Jr. Then in uh, Kagoshima, we're going to have. ELP and Taiji Ishimori of the Bullet Club defending the IWGP tag, junior tag titles Against the Birds of Prey, Will Ospreay, and Robbie Eagles And we're also going to have Kota Abushi defending his Wrestle Kingdom title shot His briefcase against Kenta And then in Kobe, we're going to have Shingo taking on Hiroki Goto
1: yeah man, uh, they got a couple things they need to do They need to have Abushi kick the hell out of Kenta uh, To make up for what happened in the G1 uh, I think Ibushi owes him a couple of receipts Hopefully Kenta can stand up to the punishment Because <laughs> Ibushi's feet are coming at him As well as a big kamagoye. And then Shingo versus Goto just let them dudes go uh, kick the shit out of each other and, and I'll be happy with that And you know I, I, I'm I'm here for uh, the new leader Of LIJ Shingo <laughs> Takagi
0: Yeah the, the Shingo Goto match in the G1 Was great and you know I, I'm all for these two guys just Having another strong style match and battering each other I just I just hope we don't see any 50-50 booking here And you know I'm all in for Shingo Getting the full push here but maybe they have Plans for Goto and maybe Goto's going to get the win back again so It'll be interesting to see the outcome of that one. Yeah, man. So then we have a King of Pro Wrestling matches announced, and King of Pro Wrestling is in October. We're going to have Will Ospreay defending the Junior Heavyweight Championship against El Fantasmo. We're going to have John Moxley defending the U.S. title against Juice Robinson. And then we're going to have Okada defending the IWGP title against Sonata. Any of those you're really looking forward to?
1: I want to see Osprey and ELP because they've, you know, done some uh, matches before that were really good. Um, Osprey's on a hell of a tear. I'm just, I'm interested to see how he's going to close the year out. Um, And then Moxley, does he drop that U.S. title now to to juice? And how active is he in New Japan going forward until uh, Wrestle Kingdom? That is very interesting. Well, kind of, We already know what happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, the Osprey and ELP. I think from an in-ring standpoint, might be the one that I'm most looking forward to. But um, from a story wise, I think the Moxley um, Juice match will be is going to be the most interesting to kind of keep our eyes on. Like you mentioned, it, is John going to uh, drop the title right here? Kind of going into AEW TV kicking off, or is he going to keep the belt? And is New Japan plan on using him? at Wrestle Kingdom. So it'll be very interesting to see uh I think um, I think yeah John John Moxley's deal ends after Wrestle Kingdom. So it looks like he's he will be on the on that show one or both nights. So it'll be interesting if he's gonna go in as a champion or not.
1: I would bring him in as a champion. Like and then like whoever you wanna have taken from from him there, even if it's juice, do it again. Fuck (laughs) it Like Like You got them on papers. Use that US title Like get as much As you can out of it
0: Yeah Then we have Some news here From the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Um, This comes from The newsletter Says because of the Olympics In 2020 which takes place in August, and most of the key arenas will be used. The decision has been made to move the G1 to fall of next year. So we haven't heard anything confirmed from the New Japan side, but, I mean, it seems like, yeah, G1's going to be in the fall next year. What do you think see, about that?
1: See, see, this is strange for me. So I'm just wondering why the G1 would have to move. Why wouldn't the Olympics move for the G1?
0: That You know what? I was thinking the exact same thing. Like you know? this, this is the grade one climax.
1: Yes, yeah, like you think I I care about archery? You know, you, you think I care about uh you know curling? You know, if, if curling is in it this year, I'm not sure, or if that's the Winter Olympics, you know, I'm not sure. But uh, you know, uh, what else? Uh, you know, the fake wrestling that 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 they have, well, I don't <laughs> care about that. You know, only the only Olympic sport I worry about is men's basketball and women's basketball. Aside from that, you know, the rest of the Olympics can, can
0: can can go move around, move
1: around for the G
0: one. Yeah. Uh it's, it's gonna be very interesting it with it being in the fall. You know, I think a lot of diehard, you know, New Japan um fans, you know, some of the Pure elite, some of the gatekeepers are probably not gonna be happy with this. You know that they're, they're used to their summer tradition of having that G1, I do think it's going to make things interesting going into Wrestle Kingdom. I, I kind of like there being a, a shorter time in between the G1 and Wrestle Kingdom and it kind of tightens some things up and tightens some storylines up. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays I out. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that
1: because then you have less like pay-per-views. Maybe we see somebody go undefeated in the G1 because they don't have the time to, you know, do those matches uh, again. But I, I've got my list of sports. Like I don't care about badminton. I don't care about beach volleyball. I don't care about canoe, cycling, uh, diving, fencing, football, meaning soccer, golf. Did you know there was an Olympic golf, Jeremy? I I, I did not.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Handball.
0: I'm good. Give me uh, Okada versus Tanahashi again. Right. I'm trying to see Lariats. I'm trying to see Brain Busters. I'm trying to see Kamagoyes, You know, I'm right. trying, to, trying to see Golden Triangles, uh, Space Flying Tiger Drops. Uh, I'm not trying to see none, uh, of that, none of that other stuff. You know,
1: yeah. You know, why don't we, we add the G1 as an Olympic event, you know?
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, add the G1 as the Olympics. There you go. Right. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things go with the, the shorter time span because I'm guessing it, you know, it'll probably start in September and then probably run into October. And I don't know what they'll do with King of Pro Wrestling, if they'll end up having that or not, or G1 matches end up being on King of Pro Wrestling. So we'll see what the time frame is. But yeah, I think it'll make things a little bit more intriguing going into Wrestle Kingdom. So, you know, yeah, man. Other news, we have um, there's an uh, interview with Koto Abushi that's up on New Japan World right now, or excuse me, on uh, NJPW1972.com. Part one of a written interview. Part two will be coming out soon. Also, in Abushi News, they've just uploaded to New Japan World Abushi um, doing commentary from the G1 final match of him and Jay White. Um, so, if you understand Japanese, that might be entertaining um, for us um, English speakers. Um, yeah, I don't. We'll just be hearing Ibushi talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, New Japan free match of the week is the Destruction in Kobe match with Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazuchika Okada. Um, great matchup. Definitely check that out. It's free on the YouTube and New Japan World and uh, New Japan Chairman Sugabayashi He wants to build a. New Japan, UK dojo. And this comes from a story from Tokyo sports. So we already have a LA dojo. Mm. Now we want to get, now it seems like they want to get a UK dojo.
1: Man. Um, can uh, Osprey be the trainer? <laughs> 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 I mean, that's nice. Like, you know, expanding internationally, you know, WWE did one. So, you know, why not?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think a UK dojo would be great. I mean, Clearly, they've been having a lot of success with bringing in UK guys and having a lot of UK stars all throughout New Japan's history. I think it makes sense having a UK dojo, especially with how popular New Japan is in the UK and coming off the success of Royal Quests and being a sellout. Clearly, there's a market for New Japan in UK. You know, The Rev Pro company has been featuring those New Japan guys a lot on their promotion so, yeah, I think the UK dojo makes sense, and it will help bring in some, you know, probably some new and undiscovered UK guys into New Japan and help create some new stars.
1: Yeah, man. Um, yeah, the, the more spots you, you can be trying to cultivate talent, the better. Uh, it's only so much the Foley Dojo is gonna be able to do for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how um the uh, the one Fale young lion uh, Richards is gonna do in the young lions cup. You know, it might be one of those things where like Fale's name's on the dojo but he has like some other raw dude in there, oh, okay. like, like training. So, so it's
1: like the so so it's like the Great Khali school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, Fale's name. He's on the on on the sign just for you know bring people in, and then he's got he probably got some like raw, like raw like Tongan dude just like training these guys. <laughs> <laughs> he, probably, he probably has like Haku in there, like just like chopping these dudes. And, oh my god, <laughs> hitting them with the spike with the you know Tongan spike and yeah headbutt. Yeah, grip. headbutting these dudes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. Um, so, other news uh, on Friday, August 30th, Juice and the Thunder Liger, Nakanishi, Nagata, Kojima, and Tenzan were all in action at the Pro Wrestling Masters event in Corken Hall, which was put on by Keishi Muto. And then on August 26th, they had Takayaka Mania 2 in Corken uh, Hall. Which uh, featured some New Japan events And this is an event for Yoshihiro Takeyama who suffered a spinal Injury in 2017 that left him Paralyzed Um, And These shows are used to help uh, Raise funds for him So it will be interesting to see if they put any of those uh, New Japan matches up on New Japan World Alright, time to move into some off-topic questions here uh, First from uh, Reddit user Brian James Interactive Says, how long do you think it will take for rumors and chitter-chatter about a working relationship with AEW to die down? It's been coming on a year since everything went down and it still seems a hot topic Despite there being zero interaction to make it seem it would be anything otherwise Seems to me a lot of AEW side on the coin of wanting things which simply aren't there
1: um, I don't think it'll ever die down because it's ultimately beneficial for both of them to work with each other. <laughs> and the sooner both sides get over their hurt feelings, I think you know it will be the better. Um, you know, New Japan didn't want to give these guys that farewell, and that seems to have stuck uh, with AEW. And you know, New Japan, you know, they may feel that these guys jump started know their thing on their dime so there's a lot to get through
0: yeah you know especially having guys like jericho and moxley working for both promotions i think that's gonna always leave the door open for fans you know clamoring for these guys working together and especially guys like kenny omega who has it in his contract that he can work Internationally and I know a lot of AEW Talents can work internationally since You know there's not going to be as many AEW dates As you know other promotions that run TV So fans are going to Want that and like you said I, I do think it, it Makes sense for kind of both of them to Work together and do A talent exchange but I will say I do think um, New Japan They should work Together but they shouldn't rely on AEW and Like they kind of relied on Ring of Honor for their US stuff and you know they had that relationship with Ring of Honor and would bring the New Japan guys over for these global worlds global wars and world of to world tours and they didn't really run shows without Ring of Honor guys. You know, even some of the US shows they did like Fighting Spirit Unleashed in the past featured a lot of Ring of Honor guys and now they're coming to the States and doing full on New Japan shows using their New Japan roster. So I think they should I think that's what people want to see. Right and I think they should still do that. I think they should still do standalone New Japan events and I think that's really gonna help build their name up with the Western fans and bring in new fans and grow them in the Western market. And then you can just do like maybe a super show of AEW or just have some of your guys wrestle on AEW shows and not be completely reliant on them to run shows in the US.
1: Hell do it once a year. Do do Star K ninety five with AEW New Japan. I I think I'd want that more than anything.
0: Yeah, and, I, I, and it, like you mentioned, it's going to be a relationship that would benefit both guys and um, help some of their younger guys get some exposure. You know, I would love to see, you know, like Private Party against Punky 3K in a junior tag, right. tag situation, something like that, you know. Open up, open up the door for dream matches, and I think we'll just help elevate both companies working together
1: you get the reunion of things like, you know, Shota Umino and John Moxley, you know, in a, in a tag team, which everyone would lose their mind for. And uh, there's just so many cool things that can be done by them working together. And if they stay in this state of a cold war that they have going on, it's going to suck because like, you know, I like seeing Kenny Russell Japanese guys. I like seeing, uh, you know, you know, the bucks wrestle, you know, in new Japan. I like, you know, that whole dynamic and, part of it is just gone. It's almost like a, this era that's like it's over. And I think people are always going to clamor for that because that's a, a time when a lot of folks got into new Japan, like it or not. Like if you're, you're someone that thinks the elite, you know, needs to go away and um, you know, they, they were a waste in new Japan, blah, blah, blah whatever. Face facts. They, they brought people in and then they took people with them. So, <laughs> so for new Japan and new Japan has recovered. Great you know, greatly in their absence, like by creating more stars. And I just think for both of those companies to be at their best, I think having, having the option of working together and a good relationship works like rather than <laughs> so something else happens and another company step in and, and start working with new Japan, which would just be like madness.
0: Yeah. And you know, uh, you know, working with AEW that would offer a, a, a new spot for excursion for their young lions, because you know, honestly, they really haven't sent anybody over to Ring of Honor in a while, and Ring of Honor hasn't really been a great place for people to ha- have excursions. I mean, they had Evil over there um, when he was still Watanabe, and they didn't really do much of him. He uh, had Roppongi 3K over there. I mean, they were fine there, but Ring of Honor really hasn't. To me, it hasn't really been a beneficial place for guys to kind of go and. Do anything on excursion you know they've had more success in cmll mexico and sending guys to the uk so i think partnering with AEW and having a strong u.s place to send these guys to learn and work and i feel like AEW would probably do a better job handling some of these guys i'd send to them and
1: and also they they would have like a japan department Like for for AEW, they would have like Kenny and Nakazawa to look after those dudes and make sure they travel okay and different things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Just yeah, but we'll see what happens. I think it's gonna be a while before they would ever work together. Especially you know you have Kenny's now doing a DDT show and yeah, yeah, and they're they're working with other Japanese promotions as well, bringing some other guys in. So. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how the politics and dynamics play out with that relationship. Yeah, man. So next up from, uh, undoubtedly Dean, he says, what would be your ultimate cross generational matchups for him? He said, example, nineties, Hashimoto versus '2010s Ishii.
1: Ooh. Um, so admittedly, I'm kind of like Jeremy where I don't have much of a, you know, knowledge base of, 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 historical new Japan. Uh, and I'm more of a modern era fan, but I did watch guys in the nineties. Um, so for me, I will pull Shinjiro Otani out of the time machine and have him fight, uh, Will Ospreay how about that mm. <laughs> Because I, I, I saw him and Eddie Guerrero At Star 95 and it was awesome One of the first great matches I ever uh, Remember watching uh, I, I got another one but I'll let you go Jeremy
0: So I would pull uh, I would do the original Tiger mask Pull him out the time machine To go against today's Will Ospreay Mmm
1: so Will Ospreay you going to fight all The, the legends <laughs> right. I
0: mean, uh, Tiger Mask He was ahead of his time and we, we saw The match like he would have a like dynamite kid And just being so innovative I mean working with a guy like Will Ospreay With both guys in their prime I think that would be an excellent match
1: Um, Another match uh, That I would go ahead and I, I would take uh, For I, I would bring out I guess, you know, Fujinami. Um, Ric Flair speaks highly of Fujinami. I've seen, you know, some of his work. And I'd like to see him against Tanahashi. So, Fujinami, Mm. Tanahashi, run it.
0: Yeah, that, that, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that would be a great matchup. Um, I'm also thinking um, taking uh, Ricky Choshu in his prime. Mm. Putting him up against Okada.
1: Okay, so that, that'd that be kind of like an Egeo kind of match, probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hopefully, like, undoubtedly, Dean, let us know uh, what, what your uh, other, like if you have any more besides Hashimoto and E.G.E. We'd love to hear them.
0: Yeah, and this and this will be a great question for Josh, so when he comes back next week, I'll definitely... Yeah,
1: maybe maybe save that one for him, too.
0: Yeah, because I know Josh will have a ton, especially for some of the guys from like the 80s and 90s to uh, match up with guys of today. Yeah man. So next uh, got a couple questions from Reddit user Asai Yojimbo. It says since two thousand eleven only two men have had their hands raised after the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, Tanahashi and Okada. It's now twenty nineteen and it's possible that Naito and Ourobushi will become the exception to this trend. If neither of these two are victorious at, at Wrestle Kingdom in this January, when do you think New Japan will pull a trigger on someone new and do you think and who do you think it will be?
1: That is a great question. I didn't even realize that Tanahashi and Okada are the only ones to win at Wrestle Kingdom going that far back.
0: Yeah, honestly, like, uh, like I know, I know they've been in the main event and won a lot, but I didn't even put it together. It's been that long until I read this question.
1: Wow. Um, I think you got to look towards the future, um, and you got to think of somebody that's, I think, a baby face because I don't think they're gonna. Go off the air with Jay White With his hand in the air um, I, I'd be like What are they doing uh, I think Will Ospreay
0: Yeah I mean Will Osprey is definitely a guy Especially the more they transition him into this Heavyweight role And um, having matches with guys like Okada and Tanahashi I mean getting a big win Over Tanahashi I, I think they're, he's a guy that they see something in And could push in the future um, I, I really think Kota Ibushi could do it um, this coming at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, yeah. Signed that lifetime contract, uh, I, I think you know now's the time. He's hot, fans are behind him. You got him locked down. I I think this would be the perfect timing. You know, I'm sorry, Naito fans. I I, I think um, Koto abushi should be the one to leave January fourth and fifth as the IWGP champion. And I think yeah, yeah, I, I think that that'll be more intriguing. And it's going to open up a lot of new tile defenses, a lot of new matchups going into uh, 2020 with Fabushi as the champion.
1: Will Ospreay, January 2022. That would be my prediction.
0: Hmm. Uh, you know, Shingo Takagi, he's another guy I think has all the tools it takes to be a Wrestle Kingdom main eventer. I'm not sure if they would ever put the title on him. But I I think he's a guy that could be in the main event. But I I mean I think he's wor- um worthy of being the champion.
1: Yeah. Um. It, it, if after the G one, like Shingo is definitely someone you can put it on. I don't I don't know about how he translates the business and everything. I did hear he was he was strong in Dragon Gate in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure you know. With, with the proper focus and the right storylines and opponents, I think he will probably do just fine.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think Sonata, with the way that they've been kind of building him up and just the reactions that he has been getting from the crowd and already being popular and being a part of L.I.J., uh, I think they could always pull um, a trigger in Sonata in a year or so and heat him up and get him to that level of Boy. Being, being the bay face and kind of winning um, in the dome.
1: Looking rough for Naiso nice out here. It'd it be your own group. Your own group.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so that's a good question. Very interesting to kind of think, you know, who could be the kind of the next guys to step up outside of Tanahashi and Okada. Yeah. Uh, next question from Masayo Jimbo. He says, what did you think of Pac versus Omega at All Out? I think they stole a show last night and that Pac brought – out Omega, the Omega we all missed from New Japan. What were your thoughts of the match? Uh,
1: I don't know if it was New Japan. Kenny, personally, uh, I thought it was really good. <laughs> I think I gave it four and a half. Um, wasn't six it. or seven? Yeah, yeah. It was it wasn't six or seven? You know, which we do believe in. You know, uh, Josh, uh, <laughs> if you're hearing this later, uh, you know, always strive for more. Always go over the top. Uh, yeah we we didn't see that but I think Kenny they're doing something with Kenny I can't quite figure it out yet uh, to where his match is only achieving a certain level right now and I think i think I, I wrote this in our in our, um our review column jeremy he might be rusty right now and combined with you know him not wrestling a regular schedule he's doing like one match every like eight or ten weeks he might not be in. Like prime like ring shape Yes yeah, like good, as far As for like crispness and things like that Yeah
0: that's a good point When you when you wrote that down in the column today I was like Yeah that's that's a great point you know In New Japan yes they do have some Breaks in between tours sometimes but He was wrestling pretty regularly And having you know all these big matches Back to back to back especially in a, a G1 environment and Now you know he's been having Matches here and there like what once a month or every every couple months in between. So uh, I think once TV starts back up and he's you know getting some more reps, he uh, might be a little bit more crisp. But I really enjoyed the pack match, and um, I I also went four and a half on it. I thought it was a really great matchup, and they told a great story of uh, Kenny kind of being the you know kind of cocky and arrogant and showboating and kind of not taking pack seriously, and then. Ended up getting caught in that uh, Brutalizer submission hole and getting the ref stoppage. Uh, I thought it was a very interesting finish. I feel like a lot of people kind of expected Kenny to win, especially since this was a a replacement match and not facing against Moxley. But, um, yeah, pulled a big surprise having Pac win, and it's going to be very interesting to see the storytelling with Kenny going forward. It looks like they're going to do some kind of uh, redemption arc with him and kind of rebuild him.
1: Yeah, like... um you know, pack look, and it is Pac You know that we're we're hearing. So if you're you're yelling at the thing, it's Pac They're saying Pac So I'm going to try to go with that. Yeah, it's uh, so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it it was it was good to see him come in, and I don't think you bring him in just to beat him on his first match because, uh, you know, a lot of my thinking on Kenny is that he's bulletproof, like from losses and. You know, it doesn't make me think any less of Kenny to lose. It's almost like an unselfish act because despite what, you know, headasses may have written on something like Twitter, for example. So I, I, I think I saw someone bring a point of uh, and, and actually this was a, a well, I won't say even well respected report. I'll just say a reporter in a high place said this. Like if WWE brought in Kenny Omega and he lost like his first two pay per view matches, people's heads would be exploding, right? Right. Well, the dynamic isn't necessarily the same in AW seeing as how he's an executive. Like, think about that before you tweet. Um and these people have a lot of trust right now. So uh the matches is still good and you know, I think that, you know, they had a great match and they they have a lot to to figure out with Kenny because you know only so many guys can go for the belt, <laughs> so somebody has to do something else, and maybe Kenny's just doing something else right now. So I'm willing to you know see where it goes.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to kind of see where they go with Kenny, and it, like you mentioned, it's one of those things where I don't I don't think the loss hurts him. He didn't he didn't get pinned. He didn't tap out. It was a ref stoppage. So he can he can come back on the promo and say, I did not give up. I did not want the match to stop. Um, and so that can kind of be the angle they go with. And, you know, I'm kind of a big kind of a – this might be a kind of an old school kind of thing, but I'm very big on when a new guy comes in to a promotion that he should not lose his first match if you're going to be pushing him. You know, that was one of the things I hated about Lucha Underground. You would have all these, you know, new cool guys coming in. And they would lose their debut match. It's like okay, like why should I care about this dude going forward if he, you know, first, you know, you you hype up the debut and then he loses. Um, so I'm kind of glad they they went with Pac winning, especially because it seems like he's he's going to be you know a big player there and he's going to potentially be a title contender, especially beating Omega. So I like the fact that they went with Pac getting the win there and doing the ref stoppage, like which kind of protects Kenny. Right. And if you guys want to see uh, more of our thoughts about All Out, Rich and I did a written review, which is up on Social Suplex right now on the homepage, socialsuplex.com. And then also uh, Rich, James, and Doc Chad Matthews also talked about All Out on this week's One Nation Radio. That's right here on this same feed on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. So go out and check that out. And I'm sure that um, when Floyd and Amy and Tiffany get into recording this week, they're going to have lots of insights. Uh, they were at, at StarCast and at All Out Live. I mean, uh, Floyd and Tiffany were right there in the front row.
1: floor seeds.
0: Yeah, so they're going to have a great uh, live perspective on what they thought about all out to so be on the lookout for that uh, later this week right here on the social suplex podcast network. And then the last
1: you, you you mean this isn't the the AEW network? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know until, until I start this live uh this 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 uh, review show and a TV show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know if you know you know WWE starting their network, so you know if AEW wants to start their network, you know Tony Khan he can call us up. Yeah. You know
1: Go so, of so cash. We're buying out Ricky and Clive, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. We change up everything. Elite Nation Radio, keeping it elite. The Ricky and Clive Elite Show. Yeah, man. Yep. <laughs> Growing, grown men are elite. Yes. <laughs> grown men watch elite. <laughs> Get in the elite. <laughs> oh, man. And all things elite. Yeah, yeah. Florida, of them are already set up. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. We just, we'll just be a 24-7 network just covering AEW. <laughs> Hey, hey but, we just kidding. But at the same time, though, if uh, if Benny uh, Mac and uh, Uncle Paul, if they if they're trying to do a buyout, you know, I'll, I'll happily take some uh, some McMahon money to Get on there and yeah. uh, talk about you know King of the Ring and. Uh, Braun, yep. St- Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins so
1: I, I, I'll bend over backwards <laughs> to explain their storylines you know if, if they drop off that bag you know this will be you know uh,
0: McMahon defense radio yes yeah keep keeping the sports entertainment
1: correct <laughs> right. Correct.
0: <laughs> oh man, but yeah, we're just messing around But yeah, so one last thing before we head out The recommended match of the week uh, My pick for this week for you guys to check out Is Satoshi Kojima versus Hiroshi Tanahashi From Wrestle Kingdom 5 um, So on Saturday before Royal Quest Josh and I were just kind of messing around And um, watching some, uh, using the timeline feature This is a great timeline feature that's now on um new japan world that kind of has a lot of the big matches um throughout new japan's history um so you know i'm a kojima mark and scrolled across and saw this kojima versus Hiroshi tanahashi match and this was a great match up here and um kind of the story going into this match uh satoshi kojima you know he originally was in new japan but then he jumped ship to all japan pro wrestling in 2002 and then um eventually leaving all Japan and becoming a freelancer came in and win the IWGP championship. So you have the storyline of kind of like this outsider with the champion, Hiroshi Tanahashi, um, you know, in his prime rising up, be, you know, the face of new Japan He has to be the one to beat this um, outsider and get the belt back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it was a really great matchup here. This was the same Wrestle Kingdom where um, TNA was involved. So a lot of other um, interesting matchups on this card. But yeah, definitely check out Kojima and Tanahashi from Wrestle Kingdom 5.
1: For sure, man. I'll give that a look.
0: Yeah, man. You can't can't go wrong with Kojima. and You can't go wrong with the Ace. For sure. Machine Gun Shops. Yes, and high fly flows and right, Prime right. and prime shaped Tanahashi, man. This guy, he's so lean. He got he got the the long hair. Uh, he had the uh, love and energy. <laughs> oh man, I haven't heard that music in so long. Yeah, so yeah, man. Overall, really great, hard hitting match. Great storytelling of Tanahashi having to overcome uh, Kojima. So check that one out. Well, that's going to wrap things up here for this week. Uh, Rich, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you.
1: For sure, man. Follow me on Twitter at RichLadder32. I'm also the host of One Nation Radio with James Boyd on Sundays here on One Nation Radio. If you guys uh, enjoy uh, what, what, what I bring to the table, uh, check out my show. It's usually a lot, you know. Uh, of, of foolishness and, and fun. Then um, check out soosuports.com. Like I, I actually, you know, wrote something, so <laughs> it's been a while. So uh, I, I'm thinking about writing, you know, something by Jericho with championship to uh, shut down some some folks. A more extended take of uh, what I did in the last paragraph. Um, but yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Check me out on YouTube. Uh, type in Rich Ladder. You'll see like some music stuff I got going on.
0: Yeah, you know, and I've been loving One Nation Radio lately with all the stardom coverage. You know, we've all been watching stardom more. The five-star Grand Prix is going on. And uh, James Boyd, the Joshi expert of social suplex, um, is doing a great job of kind of recapping and getting us all hooked into stardom. So if you guys are getting into stardom, which I know a lot of you guys are, you definitely want to listen to One Nation Radio as they're uh, kind of covering the five-star Grand Prix as it's happening. Yeah, man. So James no, gonna love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At Jamesboy87, ask all your uh, stardom questions. Every single one of them. <laughs> uh, so uh, next week we'll be back with reviews of the first four nights of the Road to Destruction tour and updates on the Young Lions Cup. Make sure you follow us on social media. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at Ki Strong Style. Also follow us at Social Suplex on Facebook. We're at Facebook.com social suplex also joins us in the wrestling squad circle facebook.com slash group slash wrestling sports circle on reddit I'm the pro bra guy josh is keeping it strong style you can email me jeremy at socialsuplex.com Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Like we mentioned, Rich and James host Winnington Radio on Sundays. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. Every other Wednesday, we have our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling, Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. On Fridays, we have Get in the Ring with Danny and Beast Mike. And on Saturday, we have all things elite with Floyd Johnson Jr., Amy O., and Tiffany. Don't t- don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. We'll catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the Ace of Podcasts. Hey.
1: Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you
0: next time. You next time.